Oh, God is good. God is good. Guys, get excited about uh, Discipleship School, I promise you. We have something really cool planned for you guys. You know, Discipleship School is totally different to Bible School. I just wanted to get that out there. Um, Bible School is basically where, you know, you're going to go study the Word. Let me just get up there with you guys. And um, yeah. the way Bible School is done, a lot, of, a lot of people think that a disciple is somebody who studies the Scriptures like the scribes did. And they get a lot of information and, and so on. But in actual fact, what we're going to do is we're going to be going into discipleship school. Jesus, before he ascended, what did he say? His last, his last instruction to his disciples were, go out there, make disciples of all the nations. It's so important that we play that role because when we do that, family, we're actually closing the circle of love. Are you with me? We can receive the love. We can feel the love. But then we need to take it to the next level, and that is to give the love out. Amen? Are you guys okay? <laughs> Should we get you another chair? Or no, no. Are you sure? <laughs> so are you guys with me? Do you, do you understand? It is so important. It is so important to understand the difference between a disciple and a convert. How many of you guys know what the difference is between a disciple and a convert? Anybody? Huge difference. Huge. How many of you guys have been to those big open air uh, uh, um, outreaches where the guys go and they put the big lights and they get a big speaker and they have 20,000 people and then they, uh, they preach a message and then everybody puts up their hands and gives their life to the Lord? Have you guys seen that before? And they've got all the workers and everything. And then guess what? In that little remote village, uh, um, that's the last time they hear the word. Or they only hear the word again in six months' time when the next big outreach happens. But guess what? In between those two outreaches, the Muslims come in and the Muslims open a school. The Muslims open the school up and the Muslims pay for education and they feed the people. And guess what else happens? They disciple them in the Quran. And guess what else happens? Then those Christian kids or your kids, they go to school. They are just a Christian by title. They don't know who they are in Jesus. They don't know what it means to be a disciple. They're just a convert. One day they got converted. They have no identity in Christ. They don't know the word. They don't understand the word. They don't have a value for the word. And they sit next to a little Muslim guy. And the little Muslim guy has been discipled and he knows what he believes. And guess what? He converts the converted Christian to a Muslim. That's what's happening, guys. Because we don't value the word. We, we don't take the word serious. And if we are not going out there and closing that circle of love, receiving the love, feeling the love, then giving the love. What makes love, love? Can anyone tell me in the room, what makes love, love? Come on, just take a stab at it. Let's go. What makes love, love? Sacrifice. Amen? Sacrifice. When you will sacrifice your time, you'll sacrifice your energy, you'll sacrifice some money to bring somebody, drive around a couple of kilometers to get them to church so they can come and be discipled. That's love, guys. That's love. And let me tell you something. Unless our vision becomes bigger than ourselves, none of the word becomes operative in our lives. Are you listening to me? Unless... Our vision becomes bigger than ourselves. The word doesn't actually work in our lives. I promise you, without a doubt, that's how it goes. Your vision, if you, you know, we pray this prayer. We say, Lord, open up, open up our mind. Give us vision. Give us a bigger capacity to make more money, to do this and do that. Guess what? God goes, okay, I can do that because I can do anything. But why would I do it to somebody who's just me, myself, and I? Amen? Do you know the scriptures say that unless a man is, is able to be trusted with the true riches, which are the souls of man, he can, he, sorry, the, with money, he can't be trusted with the souls of man. And money, what is money? Money actually uh, um, is basically a representative of all your time, all your energy, everything that you do on this planet. Amen? Hello? Is anyone out there? <laughs> Are you with me, guys? 
We have to take it serious. We have to put the word in our hearts and we have to go put it out. I'm not saying it. Tussle's not saying it. Bash is not saying it. Jesus said it. He said that go out and make disciples. There's so many converts out there, guys. I don't know about you. But a convert is like giving birth to a baby. Uh, you know, you run, you run and help a lady giving birth in the parking lot. You know, water's broken and there it goes, you know. You assist in the birth and then you leave the baby in the parking lot and you go on about your business. That baby ain't going to survive. And that's what's happening with Christians in the church. Nobody's discipling them. Nobody. Do you know what the statistics show us, guys? This is what the statistics show us. Okay? Christians are bouncing from church to church. There's no new blood coming into church. People have lost the art of saving souls. I'm telling you. So we have this weird uh, uh, swapping of churches and guess what? All the people who are not sacrificing, who are not loving people, guess what? They're sitting in church, they're getting fat in the word, they're getting fat, 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 and lazy, and guess now what? Now what happens is, oh, you know what? Because I'm not giving of myself and actually bringing new blood in and discipling people, there's nothing, there's nothing like bringing an unsaved soul into the kingdom. And now because we're not doing that, and all we do is attending church, and just, we're just getting fat in the word, Guess what happens? We become sensitive. Oh, you know what? I don't like what Pastor Bash said last week. I'm leaving the church. Sorry. I don't like what, uh, yeah. I don't like the sound. It was too loud. I'm leaving this church. Do you know why you get there, God? Because you've taken your focus off getting people, saving people, getting to the people, discipling people. Amen. Get too fat, too comfortable. Man, we become useless as Christians. Yeah. We become useless. Turn to the person next to you and say, Yes, not fat, man. Yes, lekker gebouw. Yes, gereed. Om mensen te red. Just talking about how beautiful Afrikaans is. It's beautiful. Amen. Now, I want to, I want to throw something out. Sorry, guys. I don't know why I'm going here, but I just want to throw this out. Okay. So, we can get 15,000 people, and we can, uh, now listen to how this works. This is very interesting. We can get 15,000 people into a building or into a seminar, and we can preach to them for the next 10 years. We'll probably have 10% growth, because that's how, that's how stagnant the church actually is when it comes to giving of their time or sharing the word. But let's take Zoe, for instance, because Zoe's got an evangelistic heart. So Zoe decides to disciple two people, one for the first six months of the year and another for the next six months. But she puts in the time for the six months, and at the end of the year, she's discipled and she's made two people completely solid in the Word of God. They're not just converts. They are now dis disciplined believers, okay? Those two, they multiply two each. Are you with me? And they decide to do two every six months each. And those two do it, and then those two multiply, and those two multiply. Do you know that in, in the, the numbers tell us that in 17 years, if we all did that, in, within 17 years, seven billion people will be discipled. The entire planet, go work that out for yourself. But you're gonna ask yourself a question, when we all get together on a, on, on a Tuesday, on a Sunday morning, right now, the stats show us that 5% of the East Rand is sitting in the church. Between 5 and 7%. Are you guys with me? Between 5 and 7% are sitting in church right now in the whole of the East Rand. How many souls out there need to be touched? How many souls out there need to be discipled? But guess what? This is the Christians that come here on a Sunday after the service. They'll praise and clap, and after the service, they say, hey, you know, society sucks, eh? Schools are so bad, I don't want to send my kid there. Why? Because we have the solution, but we're doing nothing with it. It's not about going out there and telling those people what they should do and what they shouldn't do. It's about going out there and making those people understand that they are whole in Christ, Amen? That they are not their behavior, that there is a new reality in this man called Jesus. And that we can take them out of their darkness and give them a life 
that's going to affect them and their spouses and their families and their children and their friends. Man, you know what happened to me yesterday? I went to a family get-together. And at the family, you know, being pastor, and um, obviously we run that group, uh, the CWW, um, what's a Telegram group. So how many of you guys are on the Telegram group? So you guys know I've been, I've been like on that thing, eh? I've been on that thing, and I've, sometimes I put out 50 messages, Bash will phone me. He's like, Tiz, are you okay? I'm like, why? Wow. He's like, there's like 50 messages on there. I was like, dude, I, I'm just getting information everywhere. And guess what? This wasn't even sharing the gospel, but somebody came up to me uh, uh, when it was yesterday, out of the blue. He said to me, I want to thank you, my brother. And I said, why? He said, because somebody put me on your group. Now, I know him connect, he's not connected to me, but he's connected through friends. Or he said, somebody put me on your group. Actually, my wife put me on that group. And all that information has saved my life. And I want to thank you. And guess what? It saved my whole family. I went to my uncles. I went to my aunts. I went to everybody. One person. And you know what, you know what it's like? It's like I sat there and I was like, Geez, thanks, Lord. I could actually, if there was just one out of the 400 and something people on that group, that's, that's good enough for me. Are you with me? Never doubt, never doubt whatever effort you're putting in for God's people. This is his bride, guys. This is the most beautiful, most precious thing to God is his bride. Amen? When we go out there doing the things that we do in love, it's like all of us, it's like getting ready for Jaden and, uh, and um, Dalron or J.R. and Melissa's wedding. You know, we should all be helping put out the chairs and, you know, doing the table deck or getting the sound ready, making the lighting special, uh, all the ladies helping with the dress and all the guys helping with the, with the outfit. Why? That's what we're doing when we're saving souls because we are getting the bride ready for the groom. That's what your work actually looks like out there. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, you were saved for good works, my brother. You weren't saved for good feelings. Although they are good feelings. Fullings. Amen. Give God a round of applause. Come on, man. I don't know why I had to go there, but it's just pressing on my heart. But that's what discipleship school is all about. Amen? We're going to teach you stuff about the Bible that you've never, ever, you won't even learn in Bible schools. I promise you. We'll teach you how to read the Bible. We'll teach you um, the different groups of people and when you read it, how to look for Jesus and how to know what's written to you, what's written to the Jews. Are you, are you with me? We'll teach you things that you just don't get in Bible school because the way we're approaching it is we're approaching it to get you ready to disciple your family, disciple your friends, not have a lack of degree and a certificate. What does that mean? Amen? Amen. I don't know what's up with you guys this morning. My gosh. Can you just slap yourself, please, somebody? Slap yourselves. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. Wake up. Amen. 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 But that's also very close to my heart. Eh? I yeah. tell you, that's my heartbeat. It's, it's getting people discipled and, um, and uh, like you were saying, I mean, the, the you know, when you see those big churches, all you see is actually transference of other little churches and people just get together and go to this big one. Yeah. Yeah. True. You know, um, you, you don't see new people. So you just get, get this transference that is taking place from, from different churches and suddenly there's this, where I am, they've just built about, just before the COVID situation, they built um, a church, a very well-known church of, and it cost them 350 million where I am, okay? And uh, this man has got a couple, he's got in Bloemfontein, he's got in Pretoria, you know who I'm talking about. And he opened one there as well, you know, and it was like empty. I, I thought to myself every time I used to drive, did this guy hear from God? <laughs> it just happened at the wrong time. And... Um, and they told me they spent 350 million. Now, I go past there almost every day, not every day, almost every day. And I see this building empty, eh? and it's only on a Sunday. I thought, man, who in their right mind would do this? You know? 
And who are the people that are investing in promoting this type of, of you know, situation? All that money, you could have taken it and invested in people. Because the people is the building. The people is the building. You know what I mean? Each and every one of us is, the Bible says, a house of God, eh? Exactly. Yeah. And that's what, like, like, like Didi was saying now, disciple is not simply just to know what your master knows. It's to live like he lives. And to be able to take the way our Lord lived, see it in our hearts, and be able to live it out. And again, like Didi was saying, to be able to affect your family, your friends. You see, it's not about you coming here. It's about you getting equipped here to go out. And then on a Monday, you're beginning your ministry. You're putting things into practice. You wake up in the morning and you spend time with the Lord and you say, how am I going to treat my husband and my wife today? How am I going to put myself aside and express you, Lord, so that I can really help them to meet their needs in you? Meet, notice, their needs in you. How am I going to facilitate this? Who am I going to see? My kids, my friends, colleagues from work. You know, what type of business am I going to do? And how am I going to do it? You keep asking yourself. That's where the ministry really is. So I need every day to get up and to be able to see that in my heart. How am I going to allow you? And don't get out of that, you know, uh, um, mode until you see yourself and you resolve that issue. How am I going to treat people today just like Jesus did? You know? And, you know, you always go back and you remember, okay, I'm a new creation. Everything about me is complete. Everything about me, I find my security in you, Lord. I find my pleasure in you, Lord. I find my fulfillment in you, Lord. That's, that's the connection that I'm going to have so that I can be free from me to be able to see. I'm not blind anymore to only see my needs. Now I can see other people, really, what the need is. And Holy Spirit, I'm totally dependent on you because I've taken this decision now. And I'm depending on the gifts, the charisma of the Holy Spirit, the graces in me. That you're going to show me right now, word of wisdom, word of knowledge. Just going to come. I'm just opening myself up. You know, healings, prophecy, whatever it is to encourage so that they can connect with you, the source. Come on. That is, that, that's your job. Forget about what the will of God is. That's the will of God. You do that and you'll find your personal will. Just do that. You know, every single one of us has been called to be conformed to the image of Christ inside of us. And then walk in love. Love simply means I'm doing this. I'm walking generously because my motive is always how can I bring encouragement, help, strength to the other person. Hey, help them to remove their boundaries personal boundaries so that they connect to God as their source. I mean, come on. This is it. This is what a disciple does. Amen. Hey. Amen. Turn to the person next to you. Look them deep in, <coughs> deep in the eye. And say, you're in full-time ministry, my friend. Didn't you know that? You are a full-time minister of God. And it starts when your eyes wake up, like Tasha said, to your wife and your kids and your family. Amen. Amen. He said, you are the light to the world. Are you? Do you believe you are? That's the key of what he was saying. Do you really believe that you can be the light? Amen. Yeah. I'm telling you now, show them this much love. Show them this much care and understanding and just, and just want to touch them in some way. You will be the light. Amen. You will be the light. Yeah. There's an old joke about, as you were saying that, I, I was just thinking about this joke. I think it's Jim Richards said it years ago. 
But it's talking about how the church doesn't grow and everybody's, because they're all so fat on the word and they become so uh, sensitive about everything that everybody jumps from church to church. Yeah. He says it was this, this Christian, this uh, evangelic, evangelical Christian who got sh- shipwrecked and he landed up on an island by himself. Man, and for, he was there for 10 years, and he really, he really made a way for himself. You know, and then this ship of uh, sailors came past to rescue him. And uh, they, came, they come, came upon the shore, and they said to him, Jeez, man, you've, you've built like a little city here. What is this? And he was like, well, you know, I've made a way for myself, you know, and uh, um, this is my house. And he pointed to this little hut that he made, and he said, I've been living there for 10 years, guys. And they said, yes, that's awesome. You've done well. What is that building over there? And he said, well, I'm a Christian. He said, that's the temple. I go there and I worship God. That's my temple over there. And they were like, wow, that's amazing. Well done. Well done. Really a man of conviction. He said, yes. And one of the sailors said, "Uh, and what's that building over there? And he said, that's my old church that I used to go to. (laughs) (laughs) That's how crazy that's how crazy we can be as Christians, eh? Hey, hey, hey. I'm sorry, I'm laughing more than I should, but it's just it's like we see it so often, man. We see it so often, yes. But yeah, guys, I mean, um, oh. you, you know, we're talking about serving others, eh? And um, it, it's so amazing that when you have been given a, a religious understanding of God, you will never be able or you will never be willing to help someone else. Because the yoke that you are carrying, you're too busy helping yourself. You know what I'm saying? And, and I mean, it's, it's, it's very easy to understand that when, uh, when you look at ever been in a religious thing where, you know, the, the age old saying, God helps those who help themselves. So, brother, I can't help you. I'm busy helping myself. You you know, that sort of thing. But um, you look at the life of Jesus and every opportunity that he took, what did he he tell the people? He told the people about the Father and his kingdom. You know what I'm saying? And as believers, a lot of believers go out there thinking, listen, I don't want to help too many people because I don't want to be responsible for fixing all their problems. Mm. You're not. You're responsible for showing them the Savior. And the Savior will save them. Yeah. Are you with me? That's the key. You don't need to go out and be the savior. Mm. We have a savior. Are you with me? But the key is, is that we need to give people insight into the same kingdom that we're living in. Are you with me? The kingdom that provides peace. The kingdom that provides wholeness. The kingdom that provides righteousness and healing and provision. Are you guys with me? So we, we, we have to take stock because the truth is, like you were saying, you know, people who aren't out there telling people about Jesus and any of us in this room right now, anyone online, if we're not out there, we're not telling people about Jesus. The simple fact is we're not experiencing Jesus for ourselves. That's what it comes down to. Because I tell you, at, at that time, what's happening is that if you have no consciousness to help others, what's happening is that you have no consciousness of God's help towards you. You have no consciousness of the blessing that has been given to you. Because if we are linked to us being the source, right, it means we're stuck in the trap of limited resources. We're stuck. This is all I have. This is all my time. This is all my money. This is, I don't have any more to give. But when we're linked to God as our source, we realize, hey, I can give this all away. Because God keeps giving. Yeah, give it all away. I can give it all away because God keeps giving. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you know, in the, in the <laughs> Pastor Didi, sometimes in the beginning, I used to say, I'm like, Deeds, dude, this person's back. He's like, yeah, but we got to help them. I'm like, but they're back again, bro. It's like, yeah, did they listen? Well, we're hoping they listen this time. <laughs> you know? And, and it's, really, it's really how it is. But at the end of it, our job is to seek God for them. Because you see, when that heart is closed off, when that heart is in fear, when it's stressed out, when it's hurt, when it's in trauma, whatever the case is, as much as God is speaking to that person, right, that person can't hear. So when we meet that person, like Tasso was saying, and we say, right, Lord, what is it that you have? Show me your vision for this person. What is it so I can tell them so that they can rise above what it is that's holding them captive? Are you with me? 
So they can rise above. We can pull their head out of all the chaos that they find themselves in and say, hey, listen, God is saying this. And guys, it's really that simple. You don't need to go and fix everyone's life. I promise you. What you need to do is in that moment, ask the Holy Spirit and just be conscious of what is the opening in that person's heart. And the Holy Spirit will say, listen, tell this person about X, Y, and Z. And you tell that person and they'll be like, what? How did you know that? Yeah, and, and in that moment, boom, that person's like, God Absolutely. must be real. Absolutely. Because look, man, how do you, no one even knows that, yet you came here and you told me. I mean, we've experienced that countless times, you know, where, wherever you go and the Holy Spirit just says, hey, just talk to this person. Just ask them, hey, how are they doing, you know, yeah. sort of thing. And, th and that's where the discipleship thing comes in, because that's the initial interaction. But then the scriptures say that, you know, they'll receive the word. What does it say in, in, in Mark, in cha uh, chapter 4? Yeah. It's saying that they'll receive the word in their hearts and then they'll be excited. But then cares and, and uh, other stuff will come in and then they'll go off and wander back into. And that's where you need to go and grab them and say, brother, yeah. come on. I don't want you back in that place again. I come, I want to show you how to walk on the path of righteousness. On this path, there is life and everything that you need. And it's our job to keep them on that path until they know how to get on there every day by themselves. Mm. Amen? That's all God's asking of us to do. He's not asking us to know everything. He's the all-knowing one. We just have to facilitate that, facilitate it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, if we really want to be like Jesus, guys, because that's what Christianity is all about, actually. It's to be an apprentice of the master. So that means to see like he sees, uh, philosophize like he, if that's a word, philosophize. Okay, to feel like he feels, love like he loves. Are you with me? Yeah. To have his logic, to have his drive, to have his passion. That's what it means to be a, an apprentice. To do the work like the master does his work. A good apprentice doesn't do a job half-heartedly compared to the guy who is his, um, what would you call it? Uh, master. Master carpenter, master builder, whatever it is. He does and he approaches his work with the same attitude. Yeah. It's not a case of, uh, yeah, I was taught uh, how to be an electrician by many. Many uh, taught me how to be an electrician. Yeah, but you know, uh, I've, many's got this amazing work ethic, but yeah, this oak only rocks up every second day. Then he's not an apprentice. Then he's somebody who just wanted to get some head knowledge to get a skill or whatever. But he doesn't have the heart that the master electrician had. Are you with me? The master builder. So it's all about attitude. And if you want to have the attitude of Christ, guess what? You should actually look crazy. You should be so passionate for people, you should be crazy. That's why we sing those words, I'll waste my life. Because you know why? Do you know that Jesus, it actually tells you in the historical writings, it says that the Jews looked at Jesus like he was mentally unstable. They looked, at, they looked at him like he had a mental instability or a, an emotional instability. You know why? Because he was relentless about uh, discipling people. Scriptures show you that he's just, about, uh, he's just about to eat his food and then the people come to, the, come to his, where his, his abode is and the next moment puts aside everything and he just goes and helps the people again. Are you with me? He's always there for the people. Always there. But why is he like that? Because he knows where his source of energy, vision, power, life, love, yeah. peace doesn't come from him keeping himself. It comes from him throwing it out and allowing God to fill it up. Exactly. Pour it out, God pours it in. Pour it out, God pours it in. And in that experience, as you're pouring out and he's pouring in, he's pouring in, he's pouring in more deeper, richer stuff. Because you're able, you're working with your hands. You're learning, hey, hey, how this thing works. You're working with the hearts of people. So he's giving you more and more and more. And you're able to help people better and better and better. Amen? That's what love looks like, guys. Love is not what you see in Hollywood movies, huh? That's love. Amen? Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. Turn to the person next to you and say, you know what, this week... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust God to give me one disciple. One disciple. Disciple them for six months and watch what an impact you'll have.
on the rest of the people that they touch. Amen. 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 I don't know. I think we need to get a, a defibrillator out here. What do you call those things with it? Jumpstart the hearts. Is it winter, guys? Is it winter? What is it? Thanks. <laughs> yeah, enjoying the delicacy. You hooked up. Praise God. Do you guys get something? I don't know why we went there, but I think it's important. Amen? Amen. If, if you've just brought one person to church or to a Wednesday or discipleship school with you, just look at the chairs. We wouldn't have enough chairs here. And that's not about what it's about. It's about all those people. Are, how many are they going to touch at home? They're going to touch four family members average? At the next family bra, they might touch 20 people. Are you with me? That's what it's about. Yeah. Paying it forward, guys. Paying it forward. Apparently, your, uh, according to research, they say your, your sphere of influence, you as a person, each one of you, is about 61 or 63 people. That's your sphere of influence. In other words, people are looking at you. Sure. Hey? Yeah, 61 or 63, according to, uh, you know, the research that they, they've done. And uh, so, well, that's quite a few people that are looking at you. So how are you wearing yourself? Are you wearing your selfishness? <laughs> or are you wearing Jesus? And this is not to condemn or to make you feel bad. I'm just saying, what, what, what you know... Are you, are you showing faith righteousness or are you showing self-righteousness? What are you showing? You know what I mean? And uh, as people look, the Bible says they'll come and ask you. After a period of time, apparently it's a five-year period, it takes people to convince, to get convinced about you as a person. Five years. Five years. Because they want to see your life. That's how humans work. <laughs> humans work that way. You know, you can't just go in like we do. Um, I was just uh, speaking with someone, a, a very close friend of mine who had come from America. He, and yes, they were just chatting that, that if you go to Europe, you can't just do it the, the way here in, in Africa, where you just go and you put up a, a podium and, and you put your speakers and you do conversions. It doesn't work that way. No, 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 no. That's, that's not the way it's done there. There you go, and you have to live with them. They will see the difference, and then you, you'll get a, conver a conversion in the sense of, of coming to becoming a disciple of Jesus. That's, that's, that's how it's done. But when it speeds up, man, it speeds up. It's a very slow start, and that's what discipleship is, a very slow start. And that's why people don't want to take that road. Because you need to work with a single person. If, if, if it's a religious person, it usually takes seven years. But for people to trust you, now this is according to research, okay? It takes five years. You sit with them. They see your life. They see how you treat your pe the people around you. They want to see in this five years, how do you make your money? So you believe in God. Are you a smooch? You take money from other people. You came here to do what? Do you go out and work so we, we can see this thing is working in your heart? Or you don't? Who are you? See, they don't like, and I, you know, I, I don't want to put the American gospel in a sense out, but you know, where you just come and you ask for money and, you know, do all kinds of, of things. It doesn't work like that. Why? Because it's a relationship. Hey, unless you're very stupid, you'll marry someone, <laughs> you know, within a, a week or two or three and say, oh, I'm in love, I'm in love. Yeah, good for you. No. Yeah. You're in something, but it's not love. Yeah. I think it's trouble. Yeah, some chemistry there took place. Yeah. Anyway. So, it doesn't work that way. If you're really going to marry someone, you want to know them. And you, the people say, listen, hey, unless you go out with them at least two years and, and every single day you're with them and you can see, because they can't hide. You see, after two years, people can't hide. 
Things have been exposed. Okay? You can't hide things from your heart. Hey, look, you don't want to, but just in case, you know. <laughs> Hopefully. So it's the same thing. It's the same thing. You come into, I remember, and I've, I've told you this, when, uh, or I told you, I can't remember who I told. But anyway, I remember when I wanted Jesus to come into my heart as a believer now. Where I'm going to be comfortable with him in me. Sure. Do you know how difficult that was for me? Sure, I that. Hey? That was difficult. And this guy saved my life. And I've got a difficulty grasp what I just said now. Yeah. Well, guess what? Then that will be an influence. Yeah. Hey, but yeah, I want to be like you, man. How, how did you do that? Yeah. See, how did you do that? How did you, because we knew you. You were going for money all the time. We knew, we know, we know who you are. <laughs> you know, we knew you. We lived with you. But we've seen the change. What happened, buddy? Tell me what happened. I want to know. Because I want to be free from that stuff. I don't want to follow that. Isn't it? Yeah. But that's where we want to get down to, guys. Hey? Praise God, man. That, that is such a beautiful way of putting it. Amen? God is so good, man. Yes, you, get, you guys get spoiled in this church, I promise you. <laughs> You don't even realize how deep that was and what that's going to do for your heart in the next couple of days. Hey, yeah. I promise you. You will see. You will see. So let's, let's be like Jesus, guys. Hey. Do you guys want to be professional Christians? Can, can we make you professionals? Because, you know, everyone's going to Bible school. They're getting degrees and they're doing this and they're doing that. There's only one thing that's going to make you a professional Christian. Do you want it? Can I show you? Do you believe me? Okay. Give us a Galatians 5... 522. Is it 21 or 22? 22. This is what makes you a professional a pro. Christian. A pro. Does, does that mean we can start charging? Yeah. <laughs> so look at this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Keep going. Gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Amen. Amen. You want to be, it's not about how big your church is, guys. On the day that we stand in the famous seat of judgment, it's not about if you had 5,000 members or if you had 50. This is what's going to be <coughs> measured. He's going to be taking our fruit and he's going to see which is good and which is bad. That's what the scriptures say, basically. He's not going to uh, um, judge you. He's going to look at the fruit. Amen? Yeah. The fruit. And our fruit is for what, guys? What is your fruit? You're, you're, you're connected. John 15, what does it say? Connected to the vine. My father is the vine dresser. I am the vine. You are the branches. You stay connected. And what happens? You bear much, you bear much fruit. Amen? That's what makes you a professional Christian. <laughs> and that's the definition of success, by the way. That is success, right there. That is the success yeah. that God is looking for in our lives. Nothing else. Amen? Can you be those things when I need to come eat off your tree? Because you, your tree is connected to the tree of life. So you become a resource of the tree of life. And every time I need it, I come to eat off your tree. Have you ever seen a tree eat its own fruit? Cannibalism. <laughs> I've never seen a tree eat its own fruit. But he says, you must have fruit, not for you, for people. Amen? For people. Man, you know my thing, whenever I go out in the day, I always say, Lord, I never want to be caught out with not having something for someone when they need it. For me, that is the greatest disappointment. I actually get hard on myself about it. I'm not saying you must do the same, but I'm just saying. If I cannot give someone something when they need it, man, I, I don't sleep well that night. Because I know, the scriptures say, man, we're the only, the only representation of God that they might see. If I don't have patience when they need some time, 
Amen? Mm. If I don't have long suffering when they need somebody to walk with them, even though they've done it 10 times, they don't see Jesus. That's my opportunity to, to shine. Not up here when I'm singing or preaching. You know what I'm saying? Your real true time to shine is when that person, that friend, that family member, they're going through something. It doesn't matter when, but you are in season, out of season. You're ready to season their life with grace and love and reconnect them to God. You are the minister. Amen. And, And I don't know, I've just got in my heart to say this. Someone is asking here, not someone, a couple, how do I make money? Here it is. You just read it. Yeah, but it doesn't agree with what the world told me. This is how you make money. You want to make money? You do it this way. You clean your heart. You start looking at people. And you will see how to meet the needs. Aha. Uh-huh. And once you meet the need, they will put a value. They, not you. They will put a value of what they've experienced. Are you listening to me? They will put a value. That's how you make money. If you're in business, you better do this. It's not, I'm telling you, it's not, it's only 15%. You think your product is good? It's 15%. Do you think what you've studied is good? It's 15%. That's all it is. The rest What energizes and makes it happen is attitude, motive, belief. There it is. You just read it. Once you produce the fruit in that specific area, listen to me, you will be rewarded. That's how you do it. So are you willing, you know, I mean, these principles are for every area of your life. Because what are you doing? You're seeking first the kingdom. That's what it is. When I'm, I'm, how can I produce things of the spirit if I'm not connected to the spirit? If I'm not in line with the spirit? What's in line with the spirit? What Jesus has done for us. In every situation, you know what we're supposed to do? I always go back to that central scripture. Christ in me. Thank you. Not Christ out there. The Christ in me is, when I connect to that, it's producing that fruit. Christ in me. In every situation that I'm, tr- I'm trusting, that the Holy Spirit will show me with that mindset, with that belief system, Christ in me, how to reveal things for that specific situation. Because I'm going to walk in love. It's going to produce joy and peace. You know, all of those things. So please, there is no other way. (laughs) There is no other way. I've been around the block, and I don't mean it in a, (laughs) you know, but I mean, especially in the spirit, and like with Didi, I mean, everybody, we've been around the block. I'm telling you, please don't waste your time and your efforts in something. This is it. Put your efforts into the right place, And you will produce what the Lord has promised. That's true. Amen. God is good. Turn to the person next to you and say, God works through people. Amen. Yes, and God works through me, the people. Amen. God is good to that point because it is an important point guys it's like we're not saying don't move from church to church the 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 point we were making is that people want to go sit in a church that suits what they're looking for you need to sit in a church that preaches the word of god truthfully that's the key if you're in a church that's not preaching the word of god truthfully get out you are under no obligation to stay there Because I promise you, if you stay there, you're going to be abused. You're going to be confused, like you were saying. I mean, ministers, they put curses that say, listen, if you don't follow me as a man of God, you're cursed. 
excuse me, you're 100% correct. You know what I'm saying? And, and both, both apply because people who jump to say, oh, I feel like this church is a good fit for me because they are saying what I want to hear. The principle of going to church is not to, to, to hear what you want to hear. It's to hear what is the truth in this book. Mm. Are you with me? It's to hear the truth about Christ. And, and test every single thing that comes off any pulpit. You have to test it against the word of God because you must remember, like the parable of the sower tells us, is that this seed, right? All words are seeds that go into our heart. And if we are not putting the truth that's in God's word in there, we're going to produce exactly what we're hearing. Are you with me? So 100%. Yeah, and it's, 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 thanks for bringing it awesome. up. Yeah. And if you did that, what you just did now in the old church, they would have got the bouncers to walk yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just hey, take him. <laughs> no, but it's 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 a hundred percent point. Absolutely, that's a good point. You're always growing. You must feel like you're always growing. And then also the the point that we are making is that if you if you if you're just sitting and you've become a, your church service is about you, eventually over time you'll become uh, an inwardly uh, based Christian. And then you do the heart. Whenever we whenever we go inward, we become hard. And when a heart becomes hard, we become sensitive. You must always remember a hard heart is a sensitive heart. When you say something to somebody out of the blue and all of a sudden they're going off on a tangent or they're crying or it's this or that, you must understand they're too self-conscious and their heart has become hard. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's also what we were trying to say is that we constantly be got to be giving of ourselves, yes, so that we're not sitting here thinking me, myself and I. Amen. Yeah, because a lot of people, they become, uh, you know, there's this, they, they, people have got a specific need. So they don't like the whole counsel of God, you know, because they've got what we call preferential teaching, which the Bible calls eaching ears. So in eaching ear is someone that teaches the doctrine that suits your needs, your, your selfish needs I'm talking about. Okay. So what happens is, that's what we're saying, if a big church opens, everybody runs to it because, oh, that's what's happening. This is the new thing that this person is teaching that is really, you know, something that will help us in our selfish little life. So, so the most important, I can't remember the scripture, someone can help me out. It's in Proverbs where it says, seize my son to hear instruction that causes you towards error. Seize, stop. You know, don't come and tell me God told me. When I hear those words, God told me, and I know what they're teaching there. Well, I said, well, you're making God a liar because you want to hear something. No, no, but I want to minister to them. You know, and that's what God has called me. I must minister to them. No, no, he hasn't. He hasn't called you to minister to them. He's called you to minister to the people that he will open the door for you when you know the gospel and the truth. And that's it. So don't go for your preferential doctrines. Okay? We must accept the entire counsel of God. Find a way. Find, even if I don't understand something in the word, doesn't matter. I'll wait until it'll come together. So, very good point. Thank you. Yeah. And very good point as well. <clears throat> awesome. Give yourselves a big round of applause. Give Jesus a big round of applause. Lekker. Let's close the service, everybody. Just close your eyes. Thank you. We ran, we ran extra on the praise and worship, but it was worth it. Amen? We don't, uh, we don't rush intimacy with our Father. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I don't know why I'm saying this, but if, if you touchy, you touchy feely, and uh, everything that everyone says or you know it bothers you and gives you all these little weird emotions, whatever, man, just let go, because that's a sign that somewhere in your heart you've hardened, because you've allowed yourself to become too self-conscious save your soul be God conscious not self-conscious amen I also get touchy sometimes 
we all get touchy sometimes. But when we are, that's a good sign that we need to connect. Just give it over to God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We pray over your precious people this morning. We thank you for every soul in this place, Lord. We thank you that you empower them throughout the day for the entire week. Oh, Lord, that they have the fruit that everyone out there needs in the workplace. They have all the patience and kindness and long-suffering needed, the gentleness. And they learn to cover those who need you. Cover them. Thank you, Father. Thank you for giving us this, this beautiful responsibility for our dear brothers and sisters. Thank you, Jesus. Empower their hearts to this morning. Let them walk out here with a bigger vision than themselves. Touching, touching heaven in a way that they couldn't do it in their own capacity. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good to us. We just want to pray a special prayer over all the dads here this morning. Thank you, Father. If there's a father in this house and he's sitting in these chairs this morning, he is a good dad. He's a dad who knows where his family needs to be on a Sunday. He's a dad who has made a choice to serve you and his whole household will follow him. Thank you, Father, for these special dads who have stood the test of time. They've put their head down and they've just seeked you out in everything they've needed in their lives. Thank you, Father. Bless them. Make them even stronger than yesterday. Give them even more vision for tomorrow. Let that fruit abound in their lives and their family can feast off of their tree. Thank you for good fathers. We need them, Father. We have a shortage of them. And these good fathers that are here this morning, Father, let them open themselves up even to father other children, their friends' children. Give them the capacity to be there for their friends because their friends' fathers are not in church. Their friends' fathers are in on broken relationships, not leading their families. But a good dad in this room is able to help. Give us that love in our hearts to do that, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You are blessed to be a blessing. Amen. Awesome. Go out there and do your stuff. We love you guys. We'll see you on Wednesday.